Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of maker moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new maker mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Welcome to Maker Mom Podcast, Episode 4. In today's episode, I am talking with Brandy Obey from Louisiana. She is a metal worker. She is super talented, does some amazing pieces uh, out of metal. She can also upholster. She really is kind of a um, Jane of all trades, if you will. Uh, I really enjoyed doing this interview. I've been talking with Brandy now for quite a few months via Instagram, and it was really great to be able to connect um, via the interview and just get to know more about her and I'm sure you will enjoy learning more about her as well and don't forget to uh, check out the show notes after the show so you can find out how to follow along on her journey so let's go ahead and get to it Brandy uh, welcome to Maker Mom podcast thank you for agreeing to uh, for be a guest you. yes and so to start with, I just like to have the Maker Moms do a little introduction of yourself, like what type of things do you make? Um, you know, what's your, your family life situation? Is it a side hustle? And all of that good stuff. So can you give a little introduction on yourself? My name is Brandy Obey. I'm uh, from down south in Louisiana, way down south in Louisiana. I'm sure you can tell through my accent. We live in a region called Acadiana. A lot of French-speaking people. Um, my mom and dad are fluent in French. Different types of French, Creole French, um, Cajun French. There's a difference. Um, so if you detect an accent, that's why. <clears throat> so I am a primarily metal worker. Um, I've been doing it for 18 years 18 years ago I learned to weld um, so I would say that I'm a maker a crafter an artist and a DIYer all all together I have a uh, one child a boy named Nick and he's six and a half years old and a husband and two dogs and uh, we live in a house that we built ourselves and uh, that was about seven years ago, and now I have a dream shop out right outside my uh, door. So it's pretty awesome. That is awesome. I want to learn like so much more about you, but let's start. Let's start back at the beginning um, about your you know your childhood. What kind of childhood did you have? Did it? Um, what are there parts of it? Do you think that maybe inspired you to get into making? Yes, everyone on, around me was a maker, a maker of music, of things. My dad uh, was a welder, is a welder. He's done everything. He, has, he was always an entrepreneur, an inventor. He used to build boats. Um, he's had different products, so many different business adventures. Um, 
we always, he always had a big shop outside separate from the house. So, you know, I was always exposed to that. Um, oddly, he didn't teach me anything, <laughs> not directly, you know, but I was always, you know, I don't know, just, I'd, I'd walk around the shop. I'd look at things. I'd, I was always exposed to it. Um, my mom sewed our, our, all our clothes. She sewed uh, her clothes, but she was also a working mom. So, you know, now looking back, I, s I have a new appreciation for it. Uh, I know she was stressed out. <laughs> you know, she had two, two daughters, which we weren't, um, we weren't involved in anything as children. You know, we didn't, I did dancing. I hated it. Uh, but that was it. That was the only thing we tried. We didn't do, we weren't in sports. I don't think my mom could have handled, you know, uh, shuttling us all over the place to, to, to sporting, which I'm not good at it anyway. So it's, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not an athlete at all. So my dad's parents were makers. My, uh, my grandfather was a woodworker and a, uh, he owned a saw sharpening business. Um, my grandmother used to make porcelain dolls from scratch. <laughs> you know, she'd pour the slip and fire the, uh, the ceramic. And then she would sew these very, very intricate, tiny little outfits for these baby dolls. <laughs> it was kind of creepy. Their house was kind of creepy. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit glad I had the mic like muted because I was like laughing at that part. Um, so, there are always heads everywhere. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and since I've like visited down in like um, the New Orleans area, like is that like, is that where your whole family is from? Is that area? No, we live we live about two hours west of New Orleans, um, across the Chafalaya Basin. So, you know, people think of the New Orleans area as Cajun, and it's not really Cajun country. You got to get to the regions, uh, the parishes uh, that are considered Acadiana, which is, you know, there's about eight parishes that are, are considered uh, Acadiana and really the heart of Cajun country. We have a very distinct um, musical style, um, food, of course. We're known for our food. <laughs> so, because I follow you um, and we've been chatting for a while now, I know that your sister is in music. Mm -hmm. um, so, does she, outside of music, though that's making on its own, does she do any other making like you? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think she inherited the gene. Although I don't really think she's tried to do anything. You know, I always say you, you don't know if you can do anything if, if you never try it, you, you know. So she might have hidden talents, but I don't know. <laughs> Not that I know of. Okay, okay. So, okay, so sounds like, at least exposure-wise, your childhood probably definitely helped prime you for, you know, getting into making. Yes. Uh, 
And you said, so you said in your introduction, so you've been welding for 18 years, but I also know you sew, right? Yes. <laughs> and let me tell you why I picked up sewing. There was a time, there, there's, there's been several times in my life where, you know, I've ha I had my equipment, but I didn't have a space to work in. So, you know, there were periods of time where my equipment was stored. So I needed to do something. <laughs> so uh, I taught myself how to sew uh, because my mother, every time I would call and ask, hey, I need to do this. How do you do that? I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so I learned from books and good old LPV, Sewing with Nancy. She, she recently passed away, but it was a good uh, resource, you know. And I don't, I, I've tried sewing garments. It's really not worth it, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so I would sew everything except garments. And, I, and uh, so a period of time, that's what I was doing. And I had, um, I had products in, in boutiques around uh, our area. So, you know, it kept my hands busy. Right. Even though, um, you know, I feel like every, every day or every m month that would go by where, where I wasn't, I didn't have access to my tools. I just felt that I wasn't growing as far mm -hmm. as my skills. And, you know, I thought, oh, I'll forget how to do everything, <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> right, right. So, okay. So did you... Like, you know, I've never really even asked you this question, but did you uh, go to college? I uh, did. Okay. Yes, I did. Let's, let's go back a bit. Um, <laughs> so in high school, I, I never took an art class at all. I did as a child. My aunt realized that you know, she's, she's talented. She took me to an, uh, an oil painting class, which was fun. Another, you know, another one of my dad's sisters, crafty everyone around me. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, so I didn't take any, anything until I was a senior in high school. It was an art appreciation class. And my teacher was like, Oh, you, you, you're talented. You know, we were on a college preparatory course. We, um, so we didn't have electives like shop class and, and all, all of that. You know, we, we were more focused on college prep. So um, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I got to college. I really thought about not going to college and, you know, going to a trade school. It just felt more like me. Well, um, so I started uh, at UL Lafayette. Um, I started as an undeclared science major. And uh, my mom worked at the university. She retired from the university. She was a secretary in the nursing department. And uh, so the brand new catalog had come out, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's a, you know, when you're 18 years old, they hand you this catalog here, choose a career. These are, this is what we offer. So uh, nothing really spoke to me at all. Uh, however, it was the first year that a, a, a program called industrial design was offered officially. So she, she found it and she said, I really think this is, this is for you. So I went and talked to the department head and it was, it was really early in, um, in the program. This was 1994. Uh, so 
so I stayed in for three and a half years. And uh, at that point, I was like, you know, these people are really not preparing me to go and work at a, at a firm, a design firm. It was, we didn't even ha require any, any computer classes, any CAD, nothing, you know, it, and we were still, I don't know, you know, they, a lot of the design theory is all, um, how do I say this? <laughs> it's all conceptual. There's no, we're not, we're going to make an actual product now. You know, it's all, I don't know. So I, I made a hard decision and I got out. I had, I changed my major to general studies. I still had to get out in, in, you know, whatever I had, a year and a half or a year left. <clears throat> so I switched to general studies and uh, took some industrial technology courses, CAD, um, entrepreneurial management, just a lot of things that I never would have been exposed to. And those were the most valuable classes of all, you know, I, I don't regret my design background at all. It really changed the way I think about things, you know, and my eye for scale and detail. And so, yeah, it, it, it took, it took, brought me out of my shell because I was really, really, really shy. Uh, even though, at 17 and 15, my sister and I were singing in band, in a band, you know, in dive bars and whatnot. We were painfully shy. It was probably hard to watch. It was so, <laughs> we were so shy and scared <laughs> and it showed. But uh, so being in college and, you know, we had to have a project. We had to defend our design every day. You know, you learn to get over your public speaking fears a little. Um, so that brought me out of my shell. So then I graduated and then just started working and I got hired based on those two AutoCAD classes that I took in college, you know? So, and then, yeah. Worked, yeah. And then worked and, um, uh, a classmate and I actually started dating an uh, industrial design classmate and he had a welding machine. Oh. Uh -huh, this is where, it all began. <laughs> and, uh, we were living in Baton Rouge at the time. He was getting his master's degree in architecture. And um, so he's like, go for it. <laughs> he's like, I can't really teach you how you just, just set it correctly. You'll get the feel for it. And you know, there was no YouTube back then. Um, it was in 99, no YouTube, no way to learn except just do it. And I'm telling you, I don't even remember. I just, did it all the time and I did it you know I do a little bit of forging I do you know I I never look back from there so but I don't know there was a um and back then I was one of very few girls in that in that field uh there was a shop of course at the university that we were allowed to use but the, ma the shop manager just intimidated me so much that I avoided it completely. My dad had a shop at home, so I was, you know, I was good. <laughs> I was just going to work there. <laughs> right. So, so, okay. So, I mean, I, I love that you just kind of like went for it with teaching yourself how to weld and forge and, and all that really like awesome stuff dealing with like fire. 
and stuff. <laughs> like, you know, I, I find so fascinating. Like I am totally like a forged in fire junkie for uh-huh. TV. Cause I just find it fascinating. But um, like, what do you think? Do you think there was any element of courage or anything to like overcome confidence wise or did you just did you just have it in you to just go for it and just do it yeah I I had it in me just to do it like it was just I just did it I like I said I don't even remember learning how to do it it was just all of a sudden I was making tables you know and then all of a sudden people were asking me to do things and then you know it's just and it happened it happened pretty quick so okay um, so were well, you I have to say, that? okay. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm not <laughs> a certified welder. Right. There's a lot of uh, around here. So we, it's the oil, oil field industry is big here and there's a lot of welders and they take, they really, um, almost possessive about being, a, you know, you're not a welder. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a person that welds, you know, I'm a fabricator. I'm a designer and a fabricator. And I use welding as a means to, <laughs> to, to an end. Um, I am not a welder. I am not a pipe fitter. I don't make barbecue pits. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. <laughs> right, right. No, absolutely. Um, so when you're teaching yourself how to weld, um, did you have like a day job on top of that? At the time, I, wor- I moved to Baton Rouge to be with him, and I was working at a picture frame shop. And uh, shortly after, I-, I left that job and just was doing that for a little while, just building, um, building things. So I had, you know, I had a lot of time mm-hmm. to do it. Um, But I never really sold anything back then. It was just, I was just doing it. I had, I had stuff in a, um, a gallery at one point, Mm -hmm. uh, but never really officially sold anything. And, uh, eventually I did go back to work, you know, you got to (laughs) eat. So, and of course there was no internet, you know, nobody knew what I was doing or how to find me or so. Right. Different. I, I was involved in a, um, a large public arts um, project here in, uh, in the area. And that kind of got my name out there. Like, oh, wow, you know, she can do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny how everybody's path. It just, I don't know, when you look back on, on um, all the things that got you where you are, you know. Right. And then, of course, when, uh, what, <laughs> shortly after dial-up, uh, died <laughs> dial up internet service died there was my space and I'd post uh, all the work I was doing on there and then uh, and then Facebook so you know I've heard the term practice in public um, so posting and sharing your work you mm-hmm. know then, then you know next thing I know I'm known for that you know oh Brandy she's the she does this and she does that so yeah absolutely so at what point I mean it sounds like you were kind of like maybe getting your feet wet in running it as a business 
kind of like slowly but surely. But where did you make that, I guess, switch or commitment to like, I want to run this, like I want to do this as a business? Well, I always felt that I wanted to do that. I always said, I want to have a furniture line or a product line. But in my little mind, that's not possible. You can't do that. You know, uh, I, I just never felt that it was possible, you know. Uh, so actually, I didn't file for a business license until 2016. And I, and I, I did it because I'm like, you know what? I, I need to be committed and I need, to, uh, I need to feel like I have a responsibility to this business. So that's when I did it. Now I'm still, I still had a day job. It was a, a side hustle. Um, but I'd get asked to, to take on jobs and I, and I couldn't do them. You know, I had to say, no, I don't have time. I'm work. You know, by that time I had my son. So, um, yeah, it, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've wasted a lot of time, you know, I'm 42 now. <laughs> um, uh, so I, you know, now I'm working part-time just to devote a little more time to it. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, it's important to eat, right? So. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so for a while when I was so uh, doing sewing goods, I had, I had, uh, this was in 2009, I was laid off. So, you know, I was sewing and, and doing little things and by no means earning a, a, an income. But, you know, so at, it was at that time that uh, we started designing our, our home. So I, I spent most of my time doing that. And then we started building and we were living in a rent house at the time. So I did not, I hadn't had, at that point, I hadn't had my welding machine or my equipment uh, accessible to me. Uh, so we packed up the rent house, we borrowed a camper and pulled it on the uh, property where we, where we live and uh, the shop was built. We made sure that the shop was built first. So we had a place to store our, our things. And uh, then we began working on the house. And two weeks after we were there, I found out I was expecting. <laughs> so I panicked. I was like, this can't happen right now. I had plans for, to build a staircase, to build, oh, you know, we were going to do most of the work in here. Um, and so I, I called my husband crying. I was like, <laughs> look, and the reason we decided to have, we were always on the fence about having children. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. So then I lost my last two living grandparents within six months of each other. And I also had always said, listen, I, I really don't want to do any of that after I'm 35. 35 is my cutoff. If it hasn't happened, then it's not happening. So, you know, after my, my grandparents passed away, I was like, you know, it really makes you think about life and what, what you leave behind. And uh, I said, is this it? <laughs> you know, is this all there is to it? So we decided we would start uh, trying and it didn't take long. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we, we got pregnant with our son 
right at the beginning of building our home. So I finally was going to have the dream shop, but no time. I had an infant to take care of, but uh, I, I did have a great, a great pregnancy and um, I welded throughout. I built the, the staircase in our home, um, all sorts of things. Everything in, in the home is in our home is either made by me or flea market finds refinished reupholstered the only one the one and only piece of furniture that we have ever purchased together new is a sofa that's it everything else. so i learned to reupholster uh, to do some upholstery work too so yeah <laughs> and it's that just that just blows my mind <laughs> like i feel this bears repeating like i feel like okay people listening We'll have to like pause, rewind, and soak in that you built an entire freaking house and furnished it while pregnant. While pregnant. <laughs> I did. Crazy. I know. My back hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, otherwise, I felt good, you know? Thank, thank God. <laughs> I had a great pregnancy. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I know that, like, you know, it is true, and you're living proof, that pregnancy does not stop you from no. doing normal, everyday stuff, especially if you're, like, already conditioned to do that, right? Like, I mean, you're already exactly. building. It's not like you just started when you got right, pregnant. Right, right. You, uh, you want to hear something funny. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I was far enough along that when I started uh, building the, uh, the, the staircase that when I would cut metal, when the saw would come on, he would kick, he could hear all of it, which is funny. <laughs> I was like, Oh no, I'm probably hurting his ears. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, I have pictures of myself when I first started. And then by the time I built it in three stages, by the time I was installing, because in between, um, at some point I had to lay the floor at the, in the loft. We have a loft area. I had to lay the entire floor uh, on my hands and knees, laying floor, wooden floor. And then, uh, then came the, the rail on top. And by the time uh, the rail was installed, I could not zip up my coveralls. So. <laughs> I think that's okay though. Like, I, oh, yeah. I feel like that's, you know, that's an okay thing to have happen at that point. Yes. I, <laughs> And there, so there was no time, like when we, when we brought him home, the house was not, it's still not finished. It'll never be finished. But um, <laughs> we didn't have doors on the bedrooms. We didn't, I mean, there was a lot to do and I did it. I did it. Uh, my mom would come, come over and watch him. I'd run out to the shop, come in every hour and a half to feed him. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the one question that's like nagging at me. So when you like, did you guys frame the house too? Did you do like, seriously do like all of it? No. no, we actually live in a metal building home. We designed it. Uh, it's a metal building. Um, I used to actually work for a metal building company. And um, so that was always our thing. I was like, yeah, we just, we're just going to do that. You know, it's easier. So they, they came up 
they came in and framed the steel. We did, we did subcontract a lot, um, a lot of it. And then we ended up having to, because of my condition, um, we would have done more, but, uh, we, we, we did the floors with concrete floors. We didn't stain them. We just, um, etched them and sealed them, but we, we, uh, scored them ourselves. We did, we did a lot of work ourselves. So as much as we could, as much as I could. And my husband was uh, actually working at Lowe's at the time. So it was kind of convenient. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, does your husband also have all these same amazing skills as you? Um, I'll tell you a little story. <laughs> the other day, well, not that long ago, he tried, he was like, I'm going to, I need to weld my trailer. Something's wrong. So he welded the fender on his trailer and I go outside and I, I look at it and I say, you better not tell anyone I did that. <laughs> He's, he could get it if he practiced. He's very handy. He, anything, wherever I lack, he picks up. So, and, um, you know, if I have big installs, uh, he helps and we work well together, you know, so he gets it. He's, he's good and very, very, very supportive. Actually, uh, after we, right after we started dating, it was around Christmas time, and he bought, he bought me a grinder, my, my Milwaukee grinder, and I had that grinder. It just died this year. I replaced the brushes. I, 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 re I kept repairing it, and uh, finally the armature broke, and they don't make it anymore, so. <laughs> but yeah, that was our, and, and I'll never throw it away. <laughs> That's that's it how you. Our it's our love grinder. That's right. <laughs> it's how you. It's how you knew you had the right one, right? The right person. That's right. That's, <laughs> I, and actually, I made him a table so, <laughs> for that Christmas. That's awesome. So. All right. So, like, how do you how do you manage this all? You're you're a maker. You're running your own business as a maker. You have a day job though part-time, but still have a day job. You're a wife, a mom. How are you doing all this in staying remotely sane? Um, I'll just say that I don't manage it. I don't manage it at all. <laughs> I don't think anyone really, really has it all together. You know, it, it's, I'm lucky that my kid is very independent. You know, he's at, he's old enough now, and he's been that way for a while mom's going outside come get me if you need me you know and he's good sometimes i don't see him for hours and i come in like uh hey are you all right <laughs> yeah i made me a sand i made a sandwich good <laughs> all right <laughs> so um i don't um you know sometimes the day, day job is more than whew, it's it's intense sometimes <laughs> i make quality just like you are um you know, sometimes I have a lot of shop work. I, uh, I've been um, building a lot of, uh, doing a lot of client work for an interior designer. Um, you know, and I, I don't get to everything that I want to get to. You know, I've been trying to launch a product line for, I think, two years now. And I just, you know, I know I, I've got client work that'll pay the bills. So I, I got to go with that right now. The house is a mess. The shop is a mess. <laughs> I feel like when we moved into the shop, when we moved out of our rent house and into the shop, it never got organized. It was just 
compiled. You know, when, when my little one came along, it was just run out there, work in a frenzy, and leave it as it was. You know, there was no time for, well, I'm going to reorganize. So, and it's still that way, you know. I still, you know, you're just treading water. You're trying to survive day by day. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, I think that's why it's crucial um, that we as makers love what we do. Because... Oh, yeah. You know, obviously, I don't think you could push yourself that hard to do like till midnight in the shop if, you know, if it wasn't something you absolutely loved doing. Exactly. You know, and sometimes I wonder what it's like. Why can't I, why can't I just be normal and just <laughs> be happy just going to a day job and coming home and not spending my paycheck on materials or tools, you know, what? What, would, what kind of life would I have? But then I'm like, oh, what kind of life would I have, <laughs> you know, at the same time? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what do you think or what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker? Everything. I, like I said, I don't ever buy anything, you know, uh, I mean, unless it's used or, or uh, but um, I, I can make whatever I want, whenever I want. That's awesome, you know, and people, people are start being a woman in this field lately. Um, people are so excited about it now, you know. It used to be that I spend more time trying to prove to people that I do it, but, you know, before we even talked about what I do, you know. Oh, you're a welder? No, you're not. You know, I had to prove it. <laughs> and then we move on to well, what kind of work do you what kind of things and I you know take out the phone and show them show them pictures but uh yeah everything about being a maker except <laughs> for um let me see you know creative people can be <laughs> you know how creative people can be a little um obsessive sometimes <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, what else? You know, those little personality quirks, perfectionists. Um, mm-hmm. We can really, really, really be hard on ourselves. And I don't think that's necessarily a, a, a female thing. I think it's creative people in general mm-hmm. can be really hard on ourselves. And yep. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, like you said, you know, you guys had kind of been on the fence for a while about having kids until, um, you know, family events basically made you kind of be like, okay, what are, what are we leaving behind in the world type of thing? Um, so, (laughs) so what now, um, Mick is six and a half. What's your favorite part about being a mom? Um, First of all, I am so glad that I had a little boy. I just wanted a little boy so bad. <laughs> because if I'd have had a girl, she'd have probably been, there'd have probably been glitter and pink everywhere. You know, everything that I'm, oh, no. <laughs> she'd have been the girliest girl ever. Anyway, he's, he's awesome. He's funny. He's smart. I am so lucky. So. I don't know. 
it's so hard to answer. Be, favorite part about being a mom. Um, you know, kids are, are a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of time. He's being, becoming a mom has made me way more efficient with my time. You know, you wonder what did I do with all the time I had before this? Uh, I don't know when, I mean, you know, they, you know, when they, when they say, I love you, mom, how can it, how can it get any better than that? You know? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you've, so you've already kind of hit on it a little bit about, you know, maybe it, the challenges to overcome being a uh, female in kind of a traditionally male dominated field. Um, but do you feel, it sounds like you feel like the tide is turning on that. Like maybe there's a bit more women who are specifically like who are welding. Um, yeah. Um, I've found a lot like working with, uh, designers around here. They're so excited to have found me, a female, you know, welding. Um, plus I have a design background, you know, I'm not just a welder. I can communicate with them. Um, you know, one I'm working with now, we have a, you know, a very similar style. So we get each other. He's, he tells me all the time, I'm so happy I found you. <laughs> um, you know, and I've worked in, in manufacturing since I graduated college. And so, and so I'm always around men, always, you know, um, I'm comfortable there now. You know, it doesn't bother me. I, I can hold my own. They're not disrespectful for the most part. <laughs> um, I mean, most, most of them think it's cool what I do. Um, cause it's a very specific, you know, it's a specific thing that I do, you know, furniture and other things, you know, it's, it's not something they would, they would even attempt to do. So, um, and then the, of course the maker community is just wonderful and supportive of everyone. Yeah. I don't find, you know, and, and this is a question I ask kind of all the maker moms, but I get, pretty much across the board, the same answer within the maker community itself. Right. There's not any kind of, I don't know, like sexist, you know, attitude or anything. Everybody's just uh, looked at as an equal amongst right. make amongst makers, but it's kind of like the, the society outside of that. Like, you know, exactly. you know, it's like, you know, it may be kind of guys who basically don't know what the heck they're talking about and just shocked that, oh, a woman could do that type of thing. Um, so I think it's, I think it's easier to dismiss that attitude from the, from the outside community when you get support within the maker community. Um, exactly. I have, yeah. yeah, I haven't had anyone really outside of the community either. I, I can't think of any time where, you know, someone has said something disparaging to me about my work, not my work, you know, other things maybe. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No. Um, so I want to get a little bit into shop talk because you are the first welder 
that I've had, or ah. or should I refrain rephrase that as a person who welds, um, not a certified welder, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but like, so what are some of like what kind of welding do you do? Is it MIG? Is it TIG? Like which? I, what? I do MIG. Okay. With gas? Yeah, um, okay. MIG will with gas. Okay. Always, I've always welded with the gas. Uh, uh, I, will, I would like to get into TIG welding. So far, none of the, um, nothing that I do requires a, a, a TIG welding, but I would love. So this is probably like, cause, because I'm not a welder, so just forgive me for like the rudimentary <laughs> question, but what, like you said, nothing you've done really has required TIG welding. Like what kind of thing, what makes a difference of needing to do a TIG weld versus a MIG weld? Um, TIG welding is cl much cleaner. You can get a smaller weld. You'll have less to clean up. Um, sometimes delicate things, you know. There are, I can see a, a couple of projects that I, I, I've done where, oh, it sure be nice to have it, you know. Um, so like that big, that big uh, headboard. Lighting. Oh, yeah. Would that have been preferable with the TIG weld? No, not that. But the lighting fixture that I, I built recently, yeah. I, I could see where that would have been a little more, you know, just a little more finesse. Make uh, is a little more aggressive, I guess. TIG is very, you know, delicate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what would you say, so what brand welder do you use? Miller. I'm a Miller girl. <laughs> My dad always had Miller welding machines. Uh, he actually bought me my first welding machine. Um, I was 20, probably 23 or 24. He bought it for Christmas. And let me tell you something. I made so many things with that little machine. I, I, I can't even, I, I made the, uh, the entire staircase with that little machine. I mean, it was just just that one tool. I mean, amazing. And I just replaced it last year, uh, uh, for our anniversary or 10th year anniversary, wedding anniversary. My husband bought, uh, a new welding machine. So he really knows the key to your heart, doesn't he? he? Does. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see for mother's day. I got a chop. So, I mean, every mother's, <laughs> I, oh, I got my welding helmet from a mother's day. Uh, <laughs> And he says I'm hard to buy for. Are you kidding me? And I'm like, if you'd ask, I have a list in my phone, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So second to the welder, what would be your next, like, you can't live without tool? My grinder. For sure. All right. So I got to ask, what brand grinder do you use? Yeah. What do I you use still a Milwaukee? It's still a Milwaukee. Okay, I just, I just bought. Well, I shouldn't say just bought. Probably like three months ago, I'm using a Milwaukee grinder now for my carving. But it's the smaller one. It's like one of the. I think. Uh -huh. I mean, I think they label it as like the small one, um, because when I'm carving, just my hand can't keep up with. Yeah, you're the amount of time. Switch. Yeah, is the switch on? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 
yeah. Yeah. I use the, I have incredible strength in my left, in my left hand. I have quite a grip. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know. I'm I'm left-handed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's, I mean, that's kind of, um, you know, episode two talking with Ellen who uses the grinder for carving as well. That's basically, she's like, yeah, now I have like killer hand strength just from, (laughs) from doing that constantly, basically. (laughs) I have a question for you. What? Um, the Arbor Tech, do they make their own grinder? So they have, no, not a full size grinder. They have like a mini grinder. Um, and actually, so like, I don't use Arbor Tech anymore, but I, for the most part, don't, um, occasionally I will, I still have all their tools. Um, but, uh, King Arthur's tools, which is similar, you know, they make carving tools. They also have a small one, which basic, and it's called the Merlin. So it doesn't look like your typical grinder at all to me like honestly what both of them look like is like a large version of um an electric toothbrush like like (laughs) that's seriously like the shape that both of them look like to me like you know it's like this handle and then like a spinning top you know okay (laughs) are they recommend like all the are these carving tools recommended uh for a certain RPM of, of grinder? Because I know uh, my grinder is uh, 13,000, I believe. Like, so, you- yeah, they, I mean, they show like whatever the RPM is for their specific. Okay. And I think, and you could buy like mini grinder wheels mm-hmm. for them, like, you know, not carving, but actual like grinder wheels for them. They're like, I think it's like two or two and a half inch wheels is what oh. goes on them so yeah yeah i don't i i without looking it up you know but it gives what the rpm is because i'm sure i bet you have to have a certain rpm if you're grinding on a weld i would assume well, or it's beneficial if it's yes it, it helps <laughs> i like i like the power the, yeah. I, this one is a little less power than my last one my last one felt a little heavy heavy duty and i'm i'm hoping that they, ha- they haven't um, gone down in quality. You know, sometimes the newer tools, like already my uh, safety switch is broken on this one and it's only a few months old. And I had the other one for, like I said, 10 years uh, without a problem at all. Just the housing, I don't know. It felt heavier duty, better quality. Yeah, I had, so with the, I like started with a DeWalt um angle grinder and mm, I don't know I didn't even make it through a full carving job and it got enough dust in there that it's like stuck on no way. so I have to like I have to like hold it when I plug it in because it's gonna turn that's it, dangerous <laughs> it is. but and you know honestly like it's one of the heavier brand, brands out there and I'm always right or like seriously Seriously, if any major tool company person is ever listening to this podcast, <laughs> you need to make a lightweight, ergonomic, and cheap <laughs> angle grinder. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, and then I did Porter Cable for a while. That switch didn't get stuck. But the mini, mm. the mini grinder for Arbor Tech did. Like, 
again, probably only after two hours of use. No way. But I mean, that one's small enough that it's not, I mean, it's still not ideal, you know, to have to hold it when you plug it in, but it's not, right. It's not as powerful as like a regular angle grinder. So it's not as big of a deal, I guess I would say, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I found on on my new one, the housing gets really hot. I don't remember my other one getting that hot. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, my my Porter cable one actually starts to like, um, like send me little shocks. You know, like when you, no. like, yeah, no. like the electrostatic shocks. Like I start getting them in the end of my fingers, and it's like, okay, I guess it's time to stop using that tool. Oh my god! No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not good. No. <laughs> Oh, there's so many things that I, I, I don't know. I love, I don't know. Every day I'm like, I couldn't live without this tool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boy, this is really nice to have. Uh, you know what too? I, um, uh, recently, pretty recently, I built a, a welding table, a four by eight welding table. That's really nice to have. Before I built... Before, let me tell you, I was using <laughs> sawhorses and MDF because I, you know, I'd always intended on building. Now that I had the shop, I was gonna build a, a full-size welding table. I was, yeah, I, I built this staircase on a piece of MDF and some sawhorses. So having this welding table is so nice. I can weld up jigs straight onto the table, you know, uh, ground it. It's not ideal to ground the table. You want to ground your workpiece, but I can, you know, if I'm doing something that I can't uh, quite ground to. So super nice. Yeah. I was just going to ask you about the grounding. Um, I guess the very, very limited experience I have with welding, I've always grounded to the table. Like I've always, so you can't do that with MDF. No, no. No, you can't. <laughs> so, I would get very creative about uh, the, how I would or where I could. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just you've got small pieces that you can't, if you clamp right. onto it, it'll just mess up your, uh, your jig or your uh, fitting. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes you have to get creative <laughs> about how you ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you will get a better weld if you grind, uh, ground directly to the workpiece that oh. you're welding. And I mean, I guess I would imagine like if you're doing some like a big like table base or something, it's probably, I wouldn't say easy, but easier to find a spot to ground, to ground yourself to. Yes, exactly. Okay. Hmm. They have the, um, the magnetic grounds that you can, you know, I, I've never tried one. Mine are all, always been, have always been clamps. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe I'll have to. So instead, you mean instead of it being a clamp at the end of the the Ooh, round wire, right. it's a magnet. It's a magnet, hmm. right? That's really intriguing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a magnet. Do you do you know of anybody like any maybe more of the like the the big makers out there using that magnet like that system? I've never noticed, and I've worked in. I've worked in fab shops. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody's ever used. Hmm. Nobody that I've ever actually known uses a magnet. Maybe they don't work well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I'm just curious if like, it's more of like, well, this is tradition versus, 
you know, as in the sense of like, this is how we've always welded and maybe right. a magnet seems a little, uh, especially if you, if you have to spend a decent amount of money to get into that system, like. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they could be, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. So one question I like to ask, um, especially moms is what do you hope, you know, that, that your son Mick learns from kind of watching you be a maker and running your own business and crazy running around with, (laughs) with the day job too. (laughs) Well, I hope he sees that hard work will get you somewhere. You know, you got to try hard. I tell him that all the time. You got to try hard. You know, you got to work hard. Um, But if you want to learn something, you can learn anything. Nowadays, it's so easy. You can learn anything you want to. Um, he, you know, to him, this is very normal. And I, I have to remind him, I was like, you know, make not, there's not a whole lot of mom, mamas that do what mama does. But I think he realized that he's also very unimpressed by it. <laughs> also, the music. Uh, you know, mom's in a band. She's a singer in a band. Uh, he doesn't care. He does not want to come to see see the band. He's like, it's so boring. So, <laughs> I don't know. He's just very unimpressed. <laughs> but I hope I hope that he learns that, you know, you can, anything is possible. You can build anything you want to. And you can learn anything. Work hard try hard and be smart. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's funny that you say that he's unimpressed. Like <laughs> my oldest is always like sad. Like he, they come to like, oh. you know, they'll come to like a pop-up shop or to a, a show or whatever. And he's like, but, but why are you selling that? Why are you getting rid of that oh. thing made? Like, oh. he's just like so sad because he's like, no, we need to keep it, mommy. And I'm like, oh, sweet boy. <laughs> I know, which I appreciate. But then I have to explain to him, like, we'd have no room in our house if we kept everything. That yeah. I made. <laughs> oh, mine has never asked that. He's never, uh, I, 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 I'm supposed to have made him a loft bed two years ago. And I still haven't gotten around to any asks about it. I, you know, I did buy, I bought the metal like probably a year ago now. And he's like, so sometimes he'll come in and he's like, is that for my bed? I'm like, no, this is for something else. Sorry, I'm going to do it, I promise. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, but that's similar to like, um, and I had to chuckle like really hard. Again, in episode two with Ellen, like, she talked about, you know, she made a, a cradle for her niece because mm-hmm. like, why would she make one for her own kids who has time for that? And, <laughs> right. you know, and I thought, I thought the same thing. Cause when I was pregnant with my youngest, um, <laughs> and we had to buy, like we had to get a new crib, the one my oldest was in just wasn't going to do it. And they're like, so you're going to make the crib, right? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> There's stores full of cribs. I can go buy them anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then I, you know, why am I not just buying the kid a bed? He's going to be 17 by the time I make his bed. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I think, you know, it's okay to go buy something sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> I guess I look at it like, you know, yes, I could. Right. Like, right. yeah. My, like my son has like a, a big um, bunk bed with like futon on the bottom and everything. Oh. We told, we totally bought that. Like, yeah. yeah. For the most part, I'm the opposite of you. Like almost everything in our house we bought because it's like, I don't, I would love, I mean, I think eventually, like I'm slowly working on building pieces and, and I think eventually it might be flipped, but it, but it's like, I, it's one of those, I value my time. Like, and especially now that this is a business, like time making is sparse and if I use that time making for something in my own home then I'm basically taking money out of my own pocket because it's better to spend that time making for something that could be sold exactly yeah I feel I feel you on that I do but (laughs) I haven't made myself anything in a in a while um all right so I've got one more question for you for the end of the show. And that is if you met a mom who wanted to start making again, that'd be crafting, sewing, welding, woodworking, but uh, maybe lacked the confidence or was hesitant to kind of just jump in and get started. What would be some words of advice that you would give her? I would say try everything. If it, if you feel moved to do it, do it. Um, there's so like I said earlier, <clears throat> there's so many different ways to learn now. You know, we've got YouTube. We've got people willing to help. We've got a community you can ask questions to. Um, you know, l- try it. Try everything. You know, you don't know what's going uh, to feel right. You don't know if you're good at it in, until you try. So get in there, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Awesome. So, well, thank you for taking the time. I really enjoyed talking with you for this interview today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you're doing this. Yeah. So just so everybody knows, how can people find you on all the social media things? I would just start, just go to Instagram. That's where I'm currently updating everything more most of the time and you can find uh you can find my other channels that way um i'm not a youtuber i'm not a content creator uh i do have an online portfolio of my work throughout the last oh 18 years (laughs) you can check that out uh but my instagram is brandy.studioobe and it's b-r-a-n-d-y and Studio A U B E. It's French. It's a little weird. <laughs> Studio O. <OB. laughs> okay. Well, awesome. And um, I will include all of that in the show notes so people uh, can head over and follow you because if they aren't, they should be and need to be because um, your work is absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.